0: Tex Hogs. I know we're right on the cusp of the Razorbacks playing a Super Regional this weekend, trying to clinch their second straight College World Series berth when they play Ole Miss and Fayetteville. I wanted to hop on real quick and just kind of give some takes for the upcoming football season, some things that I've kind of been discussing with people over the last few months. Football is right around the corner here in a couple of months. The Razorbacks will kick under the second year of the Chad Morris era. And I was going to talk about just a couple of big-time spots that I was going to look at from uh, these certain position groups, starting with the quarterback. Really, when you look at it, there's a lot of similarities between this year and last year in that there is a a quote-unquote quarterback controversy as they they referred to it last year, at least as so many did. You had really to start out the season – Cole Kelly, he got the first start, and then it was Ty Story. And really for the the first month of the season, it was really them kind of alternating, really just kind of depending on, not even really mattering how each of them played. Chad Morris just wanted to mix it up and see what he got, what he had, and really didn't have a whole lot. Connor Nolan got the start against Tulsa. It's looking like I think most people kind of understand that he might play next year, but uh, it's his future is surely in baseball, as he is going to be uh, one of the starters for this weekend, as he has been since the beginning of the year. So uh, he's going to have a bright future on the mound. So I think that really after this season, he's probably going to hang the cleats up, or at least the football cleats, uh, and just keep the baseball glove. But you got two tra- two grad transfers coming in, and Nick Starkle and and uh, Ben Hicks now Ben Hicks we all know played for Chad whenever he was at SMU knows the system a guy that's that I've mentioned before is going to take a lot of chances got a big arm just as Nick Starkle does Hog Sports's Trey Biddy uh, said this before, and, and I and I honestly completely agree with him. It's nothing that I really said, but but I've always been thinking really since it was announced that Nick Starkel came in after Ben Hicks did. I could definitely see Ben Hicks getting the start to, to begin the season uh, against Portland State, and then if maybe start for two or three games, and then have uh, once you get to Texas A and M, it would sure be ironic if Nick Starkel gets the start against his former team. I went on with uh, Grant Long of No More Defeats a couple of months ago, and we were basically just talking about the quarterback battle that's going on at Fayetteville. It was around the, sp- uh, the spring practice time right before the Arkansas spring game, and I had said that I think that Ben Hicks is for sure going to be the starter day one. Nick Starkle, to me, has a little bit more talent than Ben does. However, um, I think that really when you look at the, at the nitty-gritty of it, talent doesn't always outweigh experience not only does ben hicks have experience in chad's system he went through the spring he's been there since the beginning of the year and nick's not going to get there till the end of august whenever fall camp begins uh, before you start the beginning of august uh, when you start the season so I think from the get-go, it's more than likely going to be Ben Hicks's to lose. Who knows what could happen with Nick Starkle uh, once he gets a little bit com- – once he gets a little experience, gets comfortable with the system. But I think that we could really see a lot of similarities from last year to this year in that we could see for the first month or so of the season those two guys alternate uh, starting spots. So staying on the offensive side of the ball one group in particular that I am really looking at now of course you know you want to see some progression with the offensive line they started off horribly but they really finished off a lot better than they had begun wide receiver you're going to have a ton of opportunity there with all these stud freshmen coming in you got four four stars that will compete for playing time it's looking like Trey Knox and and uh Traylon Burks could be the top two guys that will that will really get the the bulk of the reps, at least in terms of first and second string. But I'm looking at running back. You've got Raheem Boyd, the returning starter from last year, Devwa Whaley, Chase Hayden, and then then uh, T.J. Hammonds, who was recently re- reinstated to the team. Now that's not become official from Chad. However, he did tweet a couple of months ago, about a month or so ago, that he was going to be back. So that adds more depth to a backfield that really has loads of potential that I think people don't even realize. All four of these guys were four-stars in some capacity coming out of high school. Rakeem Boyd was a four-star coming out of Stratton High School in Houston when he went to A&M. And then, of course, we all know when he was at, at uh, La- on Last Chance U, the Netflix series at Independence Community College in Kansas. Devall Whaley. He, after Mark Richt decided to, uh, or after Mark Richt got fired, took the job at Miami, it was looking like Devois was going to go to Georgia to play for him, and then Bielema ended up snagging him, him up there. So that was a good one, and, and he, we haven't really seen his full potential. He had a good freshman campaign, kind of slipped off a little bit in his sophomore season, and then last year it's really kind of tough to, to give him any ridicule because he was really banged up. Rakeem Boyd was pretty banged up, too, even though he showed tons of flashes of greatness. or really, well, Greatness is maybe a strong word, but he was really, really good. Chase Hayden had a really strong freshman campaign until he got hurt and then kind of dropped off last year. And then T.J. Hammonds, for how many years now, we've been talking about how he's been underused. So it's really – this is the year where all, all four of these guys can contribute in some way. You can see, you can probably plan on try, maybe seeing Chase and uh, Chase and uh, TJ out of the backfield some, lining them up all over the field. But I'm expecting a really big year out of Rakeem Boyd. I recently rewatched Last Chance U, and I, I really kind of paid attention to his time there. He got off to a really slow start through the first four games, and then just exploded for the rest of the season and made a name for himself there he has a chance to have a very strong junior campaign. I think that as long as he has a decent year, at least goes for a thousand yards that he'll be entering his name in the NFL draft for 2020, but he has a chance to really go off this year. He has the privilege of wearing the number five that Darren McFadden should have won at least one Heisman wearing, wearing that number. And, and Raheem needs to live up to, to his potential. I don't think that we've seen that full potential yet. But with the depth that we have at running back, with the addition of T.J. Hammonds coming back, I think that this could be a really special group, especially if the offensive line gets going. And we could see a lot of progress from those guys that really, for the most part, especially Devois, Chase, and, and T.J. Now with Chase again – he got hurt his, his first year, so he's he still got quite a bit to prove. But this is a group that we can expect to see a lot from. The group that just really scares me the most that not many people are talking about is linebacker. You weren't very good there last year, and you didn't really do a whole lot in recruiting, really didn't do anything in recruiting. It was looking like you were going to get at least two junior college transfers. Lakia Henry, it almost seemed that was a given that he was going to sign with the Razorbacks, ends up going to Ole Miss. Now, there seems to be a story behind that, but who really knows? You thought that you could possibly get Cy Martin out of East Mississippi Community College. That looked like a pretty promising deal once he visited, but then it kind of dropped off as time went on. And then finally, you offer Chris Russell when he was really only a two-star at that time. I believe he was committed to the University of Memphis. That's the area that he's from. And you miss out on him. a comes in, swoops him up. I think with how well this coaching staff did recruiting, that was kind of overlooked because for the record that they had and the way that they played, I mean, the worst team in the SEC by far, they recruited astonishingly well. But I'm going to criticize them a little bit for for how they have not been able to add the, t- the linebacker depth that they need to. You lose Dre Greenlaw to the draft, and really you've got, at the, at the mic, you've got Scooter Harris, who's one of the top linebackers in the SEC. And then at the will, you've got Bumper Pool, who showed some flashes last year, but still a little inexperienced. Behind them, you've got a guy with a lot of potential in Andrew Parker that we thought was going to be a Texas Longhorn coming out of high school. He was injured last year. And so we'll see what he can do once he puts the pads on. But behind those guys, you really don't have a whole lot. And you've got Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry that played last year. Those are more than likely going to be your twos. Behind them, you've got Deion Edwards, Giovanni LaFrance. But I'm just going to be – I'm going to – lay a truth bomb here. I, I don't trust Hayden or Grant. I saw a lot of plays last year where they were just getting pushed around, not being aggressive like a linebacker should. I think too many people were really easy on Grant Morgan for that fake punt return against North Texas. And I understand the speed of the game. I get it. But you're a Division One SEC linebacker and you let something like that happen, where the guy really clearly didn't call the fair catch when you look at the at the film, and then you just stop, especially when you don't hear a whistle. Plays like that get you beat, and it truly scares me when we get past the ones. Once you get to the second string guys, I legitimately am a little bit scared. I'm, I, I can't can't deny that. So, I just kind of wanted to hop on. This is just some conversations that I've been having with some people over the last couple of weeks, just really talking about uh, this upcoming season and just some position groups that we're excited about, but also a little bit concerned. As we get closer, of course, we'll be talking more. Once we get into fall camp, we'll be covering more of that. That's what we got for today. Thanks for listening. My name's Kyle Sutherland. You've been listening to Tech Talks.